You know, in the book of Acts, there was a man named Agabus who was used by the Lord prophetically told about how he perceived spiritually that there would be a famine in the land. So in that time, the church gathered and then gave the funds to Barnabas to take care of it, to make sure he could help the saints through a hard time. And I think about the heads up, the prophetic heads up God gave Joseph in the time where he was, he was uh, ejected out of his context and put into Egypt, and yet God had planned to use him to be a tree that, whose boughs would go over the wall. And it kind of tells me that you get planted in the Lord and you become increased in your effectiveness and your, 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 your footprint can, um, can go over the boundaries, the previously contained walled environments, and you'll spread out. And uh, so I feel like, uh, you know, we're to give tithes, offerings, and alms. Tithes are 10% we bring to the house. Uh, all, uh, offerings are over and above. And then alms are what we do for the less fortunate. And, uh, you know, Jesus talked and instructed about that quite a bit. He said, you'll always have the poor with you. He told that in Paul's day uh, that we, when he was hungry, you fed him. So we've been gathering up pallets of food and we're uh, wanting to be faithful with that and be obedient, led by the Holy Spirit. I remember in 93, I had an inkling and a sense that God didn't want us to sandbag during the, uh, the, the, the flood, the great flood of 93. He wanted us to wait and clean up. So we did cleanup, and I said, we're going to do cleanup. And it's going to, I proclaim, I proclaim August as cleanup month. And uh, everybody went. And I, I, you could have, you know, I didn't hear an amen. I didn't see anybody smile. I didn't even know what I was talking about exactly. But God was giving us direction. I had no idea it would be every Saturday for two years for me. Every Saturday for two years. When we had had a new baby and uh, I'd kiss that baby goodbye, my little kids would come with me and we'd work and work and work and work and work. And I thought, two years, two years. And, uh, and over time, it made a difference. And God's instructed our church and taught us things. And that was a, prep, that was a preparation moment. And then when uh, we had a football team here and a young family, they, they came in, they were, they were church shopping, and they, I talked with them, and they'd been coming to our church, and, and, uh, and I actually said to them, I said, now, there are, here are three other churches I recommend you go check out. And the guy said to me, listen, I'm supposed to come here. And he said, and also I have a sense about uh, some kind of evangelistic opportunity. I have a, some kind of sense like a door is about to open. Let's turn to Revelation chapter 4. And uh, that was Kurt Warner. And uh, he, he plugged in and we worked together in that moment. And we printed up six million tracks and preached the gospel through that moment. It was called the greatest show on turf. But yet it was a little test run for our church. It was a little fire drill to get us ready for what's up ahead for us. The flood got us ready, sensitive to our neighbors, how to translate the love of Jesus in practical terms. When the young man came in, it was third string on the football team, and tragically, Trent Green got such a terrible injury, and then Coach Vermeil said, bring in Warner, and he had studied. In fact, I gave him a word. I said, if you feel like you have a door opening, you need to prepare, and he was faithful. He was, he was like a military mind. He, he was diligent. He's a very... Uh, diligent guys. Uh, in the hand of the diligent, she'll rule. He studied the playbook. The playbook was thicker than this binder. 
And I would watch him study and study the playbook. And he got ready so that when that tragedy hit Trent Green, who, by the way, is a wonderful person, um, then the coach had to call on the guy that was the third stringer. He was ready. Look at somebody next to you and say, live ready. Yeah, they were faithful in church. We studied. He got baptized in the Holy Spirit in his kitchen. Ernie Conwell and I prayed over him. And the rest is history. Revelation 4.1, after these things, I looked and behold, a door standing open in heaven. Everybody say open doors. And uh, the first voice which I had heard, like the sound of a trumpet speaking with me, said, come up here and I will show you what must take place after these things. Wow, you ought to read the book of Revelation in the context because you'll be blessed. The Bible says you'll be blessed. And it's a wonderful book. It's filled with amazingness. It's all about Jesus. And the first three chapters are about churches that Jesus wanted to tend to and make sure we're getting in order and getting lined up in the ancient world so they could be ready, sanctified, and useful for what God was calling them to. And then in a very real sense, that happens repeated over and over again. And he's faithful in our generation, and he's doing it now. He's getting us ready. His eyes are running to and fro throughout the earth. He's looking for our, at our hearts. None of us know our own motives. None of us really can even evaluate each other's hearts. And in fact, we can't take the speck out of our brother's eye until we take the beam out of our own eye. But I will tell you this, God has his hand on your life. God has a purpose for you. He has something called the body of Christ. He's the head of the church. He's given gifts differing and there are no two of us alike. No two of us have the same kind of uh, footprint, the same kind of gift mix, the same kind of tendencies. We're all different. That's why, because you were born an original, you do not want to die a copy. You were born to be a voice. Do not die as an echo. God doesn't want you to be a whimpering, whispery little echo. He wants you to boldly declare who God is, boldly declare who Jesus, what Jesus has made you to be. I'm a new creation. I'm more than a conqueror. He always causes me to triumph. He, God will make a way. Hallelujah. God will make a way. He'll make a way. He made a way for Warner during that period when he was third string. No, he would come to our church. Nobody knew who he was. Nobody asked him for autographs. And I saw who he was. I saw by the Spirit as soon as I met him. I knew there was, because he, he had a sense that there was a call. And it was before any outward confirmation. And he could walk by anybody. Nobody'd give him a little mini football. Nobody'd ask him to sign something. Nobody'd want to be his new best friend. You know, he, he, his economics weren't the same as they had become. And none of, no, nobody was enamored. And I just, I remember standing out in the foyer and I looked over at him and I thought, well, there's a destiny here, something's gonna happen. And people just, it was awesome to see the anonymity for that period. It was interesting to be in this church and walk the levees and see the, the water standing up all on the farm fields, all outside the monarch levee, and walking for hours, praying and wondering what in the heck God was saying to me. And I kept pulling away and looking up to try to figure out what there was some kind of thing. I was so stressed out from working to get into this building. I wasn't at my best spiritually in the sense that, you know, I was praying, I was in the word, but man, it was draining. And one pastor, Willie George, he said, you know, the anointing, it challenges your anointing when you are in a building program. And boy, did I understand that. But yet God was still there. God was still so merciful. He never changes. We, you know, we're people, we're human beings, you know, subject to all these things, but God is solid. God is faithful. He's a solid rock. His word is steady. His grace is sufficient. And he gave us direction. He gave wisdom. 
And I believe that we're in one of the most significant and most wonderful times that anybody could ever be alive. When you read the Bible, you think, I wish I could have been at the book of Acts in the upper room. You know, this is so significant that I believe the cloud of witnesses of Hebrews chapter 12 are cheering us on in the grandstands of heaven. Daniel, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Jacob, who had a dream of a, of a ladder. And all those things in this particular context are pertinent, but they're all little test runs to get us ready, to get us prepared for what's about to occur on the earth. The Lord is about, as the Lord of the harvest, is about to deploy and send out laborers into the harvest field with signs and wonders following. These signs shall follow those who believe. How many of you believe? God has brought you through so much stuff. You business owners, you worked and now you're in this economic moment and you've labored and you're believing God. Some of you, it's hand to mouth. Some of you, it's like you're now the new homeschool parents and you didn't even believe in homeschooling and now you are the homeschool professionals. And now here we are in this moment. We're having children's church. We're the children of God and we're having church with all of our kids. This is kind of old school. This is not unlike the colonial days of the beginning of the country. This is not unlike the early church where there were people from all flavors and all styles. One lady just told me this is her first time back in the physical church. And when I looked at her, I could see Jesus in her face. There's a brother over here I miss so much. And it's so good to get to be back together. But then there are also people we have never known, we have never seen, who have never darkened the doors of church, that God, for them, the best is yet to come. And it's, they'll come to the brightness of our shining. They're going to come and be roused toward the Lord by watching signs, wonders, and goodness and mercy following you all the days of your life. Hallelujah. How many of you remember the football years with Kurt Warner? How many of you remember the flood years? We're not the flood church and we're not the football church. We're walking with Jesus. We're this place poised and ready for the next thing. Sanctified and made useful for the next thing. You know, we didn't get to do Easter. We didn't get to do jump. We're not going to have a harvest party. Uh, you know, that kind of thing is interesting. But those are not the things that define us. And I'm watching and God's watching. And don't take your ball and walk down the street because you didn't get to have your momentum or your way. You just get in faith, get with God, get your eyes, lift up, connect, kind of detach and look up. I had to detach and look up to get direction for the next step, walking around the, the levee for three or four or five miles. And I would walk and pray in the spirit and I'd come home and I would just feel like, okay, I'm incrementally sowing and believing God for the next steps. But God, I'm certain that you order my steps. I'm certain, God, that you delight in, in my path, that you, you, your word is a lamp to my feet, that your teaching is a light and a lamp, and that, God, the entrance of your word will give light and will give understanding to the simple, and that if anyone lacks wisdom, we'll ask of God and he'll give it to us. How many of you have ever felt disrupted, hurt, disappointed? He's near the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed in spirit, and he is faithful, faithful, faithful. The anointing is on this. I'm exhorting you according to Romans chapter 12 in my exhortation. This is an exhortation. The prophecy is for edification, exhortation, and comfort. I'm prophesying to you for your edification, for your exhortation, and for your comfort. 
that God has a plan. Nothing takes him by surprise. And you, yes, are part of it. He has his hand on your life. He loves you. You say, oh, Pastor Jeff, I failed. Who hasn't? We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The righteous fall seven times and the Lord picks them right back up. And that, that our testimony is ultimately going to be not that we performed so sufficiently and knew all the systems, but that Jesus had done such a great redemptive work on the cross and his shed blood brought such change that he gave it, made it possible for even broken, detached, fallen people to be healed and mended and brought into his kingdom and, and to be able to have an anointing from the Holy Spirit so that we could know all things and we can make a difference in this life. I pray prophetic insights on you. I pray wisdom between you and the Lord, not all this barrage of everybody's voices. There's so many voices, they're significant, but there's one voice, that still small voice, the master's voice. You know that voice, according to John chapter 10. If you've been saved, you know the master's voice, and the voice of a stranger you will not follow. I repeat, the voice of a stranger you will not follow. Man, I am adamantly desirous to make sure you guys are not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, carried about by the trickery of men and cunning craftiness and deceitful scheming. I've made it my aim for decades to preach the simple gospel of Jesus. I want to, not sectarian, not new age, the gospel of Jesus. I want the word of God, Old and New Testament, to rivet people's thinking and penetrate their world and bring them into a salvation experience. And I love the body of Christ, even the people that don't like me and disagree with me. I love the body of Christ. God's put something in my heart. I feel called to break down walls and trust God for change. I'm believing God for souls to be saved. And I'm believing for you guys to get put at such a high spiritual advantage that you feel so strengthened with might and power by his spirit in the inner man. I pray constantly those epistle, epistle prayers that you be rooted and grounded in love. You'd be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, length, depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. I believe in God that you will affirm the things that are excellent in order to be sincere and blameless till the day of Jesus. That you'll be delivered from perverse and evil men, for not all have faith. That the word will go forth in power out of your life. Your prayers will avail much. You'll make the right decisions. Wisdom will come on you. Supernatural signs, wonders, and miracles will follow your life in a way where you'll be humbled by it and you'll give Jesus the praise. This recently, I saw this, this uh, the vest camera of a police officer, and they showed a video of a guy going off the side of the highway, an overturned car, I think maybe a drunk driver, burning flames. He dives down in there, pulls the person, the driver, out of the car, just as the flames are engulfing the inside cavity of the car, drags this lady or whoever it was across the grass. What's interesting about it is uh, he was a cop for 20 years. He did his shift. He never told anybody what he did. They only found out about it later when they reviewed the video of, the, of his work that day. He didn't even say anything. They said, why didn't you say anything? Well, I was just doing my job. I didn't even feel like I was being heroic. It's just doing my job. He said, I feel great, grateful that I was there at the right place at the right time. That's where the power of the Holy Spirit is going to be in your life. You're going to see signs, wonders, and miracles, and it'll produce a hush. You'll go before the Lord with tears in your eyes and say, God, I give you all the praise. You won't use it as, a, hey, bragging about my testimony. Some of the greatest things God's about to do, he's just going to have you have private between you and him. And then he'll reserve it for later, and then you will cast our crowns at his feet. And there is an abundance of the miraculous available for humble people. You humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, he'll exalt you at the proper time. Wow. I didn't plan on saying any of this stuff, but I hope you're getting it.
I hope you're grasping it. I hope you understand where I'm coming from because I'm actually spilling out something. I could say, thus saith the Lord, and I could speak Elizabethan. I could yell louder in the microphone, but I'm prophesying to you. I'm prophesying to you in conversational style. I'm telling you God has a plan that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. And he is, he is faithful. He is faithful. Well, we're going to receive communion. We're going to give in the offering. And uh, the buckets are about ready to be passed. You can give on the text to give. You can write a check. You can give, get an on for offering envelope. I want to encourage you to take seed and get it in the ground. Sow seed. We've been gathering up. We've got pallets of food. We're going to be diligent in the end of this year to figure out how and what we're supposed to do with build a bag and love the neighborhood. Those are names, monikers for us caring for people in our community. The second and 27th ward is where God has had us primarily so. So we're going to be diligent to follow through with what God has for us. God, what if God, what if God had the best stuff planned for you in this upcoming season? What if right even in the midst of some of the feelings of despondency, he had a plan for you anyway. What if the anointing of the Holy Spirit was trying to get on us, even if we didn't feel particularly anointable? Do you follow what I mean? Uh, where we just say, well, God, what's the qualification? The qualification is we come to God and believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who seek him, right? How many of you believe that he is? Boy, that's good. How many of you believe he's a rewarder of those that seek him? Cast not away your confidence, which has great reward. You have need of endurance and patience so that after doing the will of God, you may receive what was promised. It gets thin right before a breakthrough. That cliche, darkness before the dawn, I think is actually one of the extraordinary truths. It seems amazing that the devil doesn't know the future, but he sees tendencies and trends. And he's the father of lies, and he's been around a long time. And he sees when you are open, opening up to the Lord, and he sees when society is in a perilous place, and he tries to, 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 to do his evil activity. And yet, listen, every time we know, he overplays his hand. We know our God will vanquish the enemy, and the God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath our feet. Say, God will make a way. He'll make a roadway in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. Don't let the devil move you off your position. Don't let the circumstances rip you off. Don't let the, the lies and ma manipulations of the enemy cheapen your moment. Don't let whining, complaining, murmuring types get up in your headspace. Seek and walk in and fellowship with God and don't be laid low in the wilderness because of murmuring. If you're gonna do anything, worship, Praise, thank God, use your offering as a weapon, use your worship as a weapon, use your prayer as a weapon, use the Bible as a two-edged sword weapon, and cut through the minutia and the garbage, hold up your shield of faith, and extinguish the flaming arrows of the devil over your neighbors and your neighborhood, over your church and the church members, over your family and your friends and, the, and your enemies. Believe God for your nation to be saved. Believe God for Western civilization not to be gripped by the enemy. Believe God for salvation to cover the whole earth. The whole earth shall be filled with the glory of God and the knowledge. Listen, the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 14. Not just the knowledge of God, but the knowledge of his glory. The whole earth shall be filled with his glory. 
Hallelujah. And the glory isn't a church fetish so we can get loud on microphones and run around and quiver. It's in order that we will be equipped and trained so we could go out and walk in a manner worthy of the gospel and impact people with credibility, with love, with tears, with genuineness, that we can see people come to know the Lord. We can see people that get their lives set free, chains fall off, bondages break, healing come so that people can experience what we've experienced, that people can have what we have, people can get out of the nightmare and start to live God's dream for their lives, that salvation will come to people's hearts, renewal will come to people's minds, deliverance will come, depression will break, they won't be suicidal, they'll get hope again, businesses will start to flourish, jobs will be restored, kids will get the education they need, they won't be clipped at the knees, they won't fail, they'll make good choices, they won't be disoriented, they'll get on the sunny side of the temptations they're being hit with, and they'll win in the battles of life. They'll win in the battles of life. You're anointed and empowered by God to intervene as an interventionist in prayer. You're anointed by God to communicate and preach the gospel. You're anointed by God to get before the Lord in prayer. And I know how it feels to get in God's presence and not feel one thimbleful of His presence. Because in fact, that's not the basis of our faith. We walk by faith and not by sight, and we stand with Him, gripped by the reality of who He is, not by necessarily what we feel, not by how our circumstances look. The most wonderful things that have ever happened in my life started out from scratch. They didn't feel overwhelming. They weren't excitable. It was actually from a subdued and hard place. In fact, every seed starts in a subterranean, dark, quiet, damp place. You're not buried, you're planted. You're the planting of the Lord. You're planted so you'll germinate and so you'll grow and you'll bear fruit 30, 60, 100 fold in this life. See, the anointing of the Holy Spirit comes on humble people. The anointing of the Holy Spirit comes on obedient people. The anointing of the Holy Spirit comes on a group of people in a collective way. That's why he's purging and he's cleaning and he's getting things ready. He'll not share his glory with flesh and he's tired of whining. So as we obey him and cooperate with him, we'll start to see things line up. We'll start to see God live out his dream, the dream he's planned. The momentum is starting to accelerate. The purposes of God are coming to pass. In our generation, we will see the salvation of the Lord. Whole nations, whole cities, whole people groups will somehow submit and humble themselves in ways we've never seen before. Unprecedented, unparalleled things that have never happened in antiquity and have never happened on the, on the contemporary strata. They're coming to pass. Breakthrough is coming. Isolation is over. Deliverances upon people. Whole, whole households, whole families, whole people groups, whole people groups coming to the Lord. Whole people groups coming to the Lord. Whole earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. I who got lost at sea, I who got lost at sea, 80 miles off the north shore of New Zealand when nobody could see me, got to experience the wonder of God's deliverance. Maybe similar to Jonah. I was out there and I looked in the water and there was just acres of, of, of jellyfish. And I thought, man, the jellyfish in the Southern Hemisphere 
could kill you. And I saw these crazy jellyfish and I thought, man, I, I don't want to get stung by those. And I thought about the pelagic 18 foot long great white sharks that are routinely discovered there, that breed there, that are all over the place there. I thought about those guys. And I thought about, well, I, I, I might be lost at sea for three days, so I better get ready. I thought of it because I guess because of Jonah. And then yet God saved me, I got delivered. And I'm telling you that uh, the, the ocean is big and vast. And when you're out in the open sea, all alone, but yet not alone. You may feel all alone, but you're not alone. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. You may feel like you're suffering in the midst of the congregation. You may have hoped that we get back to church and now we have the social distance and we're masked and all these things are peculiar to us and it's like, and yet we wanna help and we wanna, and we know he's the Lord that heals us. And here we are in this awkward time and yet with God, we're in precision timing. With God, his purposes shall surely come to pass. His plans, his ways, teach us your ways, O Lord, teach us the reverential fear of the Lord. Teach us how to observe and walk in obedience, Father. We trust you, Lord. We trust you, Lord. Listen, this, listen, you're sober. You're sober-minded for the purposes of prayer. It's not a giddy moment, but it's also not a depressing moment. This is one of the most important moments in the history of the body of Christ. There's never been a time quite like this, and we are on the precipice of something new, something strong, something great, something wise, something that God has foreordained that we can trust Him in, we can walk with him in it. We can believe God for great things and have that expectancy that will not be left out, will not be ignored, will not be denied. When I was called to lead in the flood, there were all kinds of things going on here and going on there. And I actually ran to some of them and I regret that I did because God had something just designated for me. Do you understand? We don't need to run here and run there and run over here and run over there. We can get with God and do what He's telling us to do and be faithful to Him. And over the long haul, we'll look back and go, man, the Lord was good to me. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. See, the anointing will come upon you. You'll pray and you and it'll change people's lives. You know, even in your t depression, in the context of depression, you're like, oh God, oh God. Well, you know how hurtful things can be. So you get in there and you're touched with a feeling of infirmity. So in in instead of you getting all introspective and feeling like a lousy Christian, it's like, well, God, I'm just gonna use this and, and pray for the burden, those that are burdened and, 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 and lift them up. And just because if, if they feel half as miserable as me, then they need prayer. <laughs> so I'm going to pray for him. As a beautiful preacher who's since gone to be with the Lord. And one day he felt like he was lost. And he said, wait a minute, I know I'm not lost. Why would I feel like I'm lost? I'm secure in my salvation. I've given my life to Jesus. I know what the Bible says. Devil can't lie to me about this. I know I have eternal life. And he said, oh, and then he realized God was giving him a burden for the lost and to intercede for those that are lost. Oh, let's lift up our hands right now. Let's lift up our voices and let's pray for our generation all around the earth, Sweden, Finland, Norway, Denmark, all around the nations, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, all through Nigeria, Ghana, Ivory Coast, all throughout the Sudan. You had me pray for Sudan and it changed the next day. All throughout Somalia, Libya, 
Morocco, Algeria, Niger, Chad. God, I pray the move of the Holy Spirit on Kenya, Uganda, Rwanda, on Zimbabwe, on South Africa, on the Congo, on the nations all round about us, Lord, all round about us, Lord. Who wants to see St. Louis by state area be touched by the power of the Holy Spirit? Lord, move on our city, move on Southern California, move on Seattle, move on Portland, move on Miami, move on the all of the peninsula of Florida, Lord, all the way over there through Alabama, Mississippi, Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, up there all throughout Utah, Lord, cause people to turn to the biblical Jesus in Utah. Cause a great work, Lord, cause a great work. You could visit a whole people group. You could reform a whole cult and turn them around for the gospel and correct doctrine. You can make a mid-course adjustment and save hundreds of millions of people. And I trust you for it. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. You are holy and mighty and righteous and beautiful and pure. And we submit to you. We submit to you, Lord. We submit to you. We receive from you. We receive from you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's get ready to receive communion. We'll receive the offering afterwards. No, let's receive the offering first. You do give your offering as a tribute to the Lord. Give something, maybe go beyond what you've ever done. Give, give your tithes what you had planned. Give something, sow something. Give it in faith. Give toward the call. Give toward the cause of Jesus. Give toward the kingdom. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh God, whole rock bands coming into the kingdom. All their roadies, their managers. Whole households, whole households, Lord. Whole households, Lord. Whole households, whole households, whole hospital uh, staff, whole, whole school faculties, whole networks of business systems of people, whole echelons of societies and entities and skill sets. Jesus, you got a hold of fishermen. You got a hold of the tax gatherers. You got a hold of the people of specific roles. You, you reached into the synagogue officials in the Bible. You moved, you moved on the kings. You moved on the kings. You moved on the hippies. You helped us lost, disenfranchised, counterculture kids when we were broken and lost. You can take somebody and turn their mourning into dancing. You turn things around, Lord. You make all things new. You are so good, you are so faithful, you are so holy, 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 and mighty, Lord, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And I pray a touch of the Holy Spirit on everybody in this room. I pray for new beginnings, I pray for breakthrough, I pray for an infilling of the Holy Spirit, stirring of the gifts inside each and every one of us, clarity and vision, God, and insight, into the true nature of things. You said, call to me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know. Lord, we detach and we lift up our eyes to get a perspective in order that we can provide leadership, we can make good decisions, we can be where we need to be when we need to be there, we can be on point 
We're not lured or led by the conjecture and opinion of others. We're not pressured by peer pressure. They, our motives and actions are not instigated by uh, offenses or by false opportunities or even real opportunities. We are led by the Holy Spirit. We're walking in the word. We're following the promptings of, and, and, the, and the voicings of the headship of Jesus. And we're cooperating with God. We're cooperating with God. We're cooperating with God. We're cooperating with God. We humble ourselves. We humble ourselves. We lay aside fears. We lay aside worries. You said not to worry about tomorrow. Take no thought for tomorrow. You said that you've not given us a spirit of fear. You redeemed Israel out of all of her fears. God, you gave help. You give power to the faint. To those who lack might, you increase power. You are faithful, 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 faithful. You're doing a great work, doing a great fine-tuning adjustment in all of our hearts. Lord, receive these offerings with which, in the manner with which we intend to give them. We give them in love. We give our finances and our time and our talents and our treasure to you because you are, in fact, worthy of all that we have, and we honor you. We came into the world with nothing, we leave with nothing, but we can so lay up treasure in heaven. We can get souls to come with us into heaven, and your word is forever settled in heaven. Jesus' nail-scarred hands indicate to us that there is hope for all, and that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If there's anyone here today that's not surrendered to you, I pray you grant them repentance, and a clear salvation experience would happen right now. Salvation, healing, deliverance. Whoever needs healing in their body, we receive Jesus as our healer. We receive Jesus as our healer in the name of Jesus. Give it intentionally. It's as spiritual as anything else going on right now. There's no break in the flow. That's as powerful and important a thing, a spiritual duty as anything else we do. You go ahead and give in faith. Give because you love the Lord. Give with the expectancy that he'll take it and he'll use it. And he'll, it'll cause the gospel to go forth in power. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. After your, the buckets have been passed to you, I'd like you to please stand up. Get your communion elements ready. Hallelujah. 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 Some free worship. He put a new song in our heart, a song of praise to our God. Minister to the Lord and sing praise to Him. Most High God, Master of the Universe, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Stabilizer of the United States of America, Healer of the Nations, Healer of the Nations. Mercy, 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 mercy. Mercy and truth have joined together. Mercy, mercy, triumphs over judgment. You delight in showing mercy. Oh, your mercy, mercy, it's your kindness that leads us to repentance. You surround us with favor as with a shield. Lord, I pray for the brothers in this place that you will fortify us as men in this hour to be mighty, consistent, decisional, quality brothers. I pray the presence of the Lord on all, all the men in here. I pray the power of the Holy Spirit. That I bind the devil, 
that would try to allure us into a lesser place. And God, I'm asking you to help us deliver us from temptation, deliver us from evil, deliver us from distraction, and help us, Lord. We lay aside every weight, every encumbrance, and the sin which so easily entangles us in order that we might run with endurance the race set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and he's seated at the right hand of God. For consider Jesus, who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, so that you won't grow weary. Don't grow weary in well-doing, for in due time you'll reap if you faint not. Cast not away your confidence, which has a great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that after you've done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. Abraham didn't stagger when he got older and older and older, and all circumstances was con that they were contrary to the call and the covenant that he had with the Lord. And yet, in spite of it all, he and Sarah had Isaac, and they laughed together. They laughed, and they named the baby Laugh to laugh because it was such a laugh. And what you're about to do, Lord, will cause us to rejoice. You laugh and sit in heaven and laugh, and we will laugh not in hysterics, not with giddiness, not with superficiality, but with a deep joy component. A merry heart does good like a medicine. There's never been a better time for us to be healed of all bitterness, all hurt, all worry, all nervousness, and get our eyes on you, Lord. You, the, this is the dawning of a great moment, a great move of the Holy Spirit, and we lift up our eyes prophetically ahead of time, and we see the salvation of the Lord. We look unto Jesus, and we trust you. We look unto Jesus, and we lay aside all those, that which would try to hinder us, that which would try to make us miserable, that which would try to make us resentful, that which would try to make us bitter, and we thank you that we're going forth and going forward in victory. Everybody say, in victory. On the night Jesus was betrayed, he took a cup and he took bread and he blessed them and he said, this is my body which is broken for you. This is the cup of the new covenant of my blood which is shed for you. As often as you eat this bread and drink this blood, you're putting into remembrance the Lord's death till he come, comes. Psalm 23 says he prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. Right now, Lord, we take this holy communion and we thank you, God, and we receive healing for our bodies, healing in our systems. We come against sickness, disease. I come against calcification, paralysis, uh, numbness. I come against deterioration and degeneration. I come against popcorn lungs and uh, from uh, vapes and cigarettes. I come against uh, damage to livers from drugs and alcohol and sugar. I come against the sickness that would come even by our own failing where we hurt, fell, we, we twisted something or broke something or injured something or overdid something. I'm trusting you for your mercy, Lord, and healing power to flow in the name of Jesus. God, I pray if people inherited stuff from their family, and, and, and congenital type things, I rebuke the devil and I say they've now inherited something from Jesus. Healing, healing belongs to us. You pardoned our iniquities, you healed our diseases. Today, Lord, we ask for your mercy and forgiveness. We humble ourselves before you and we receive a fresh cleansing. And we're thankful that, that what can wash away our sins only and nothing but the blood of Jesus. I receive you as my healer, Lord. I receive you as my healer. You're the Lord that heals me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Male, female, young and old, everybody in this room, by Jesus' stripes, 
we're healed. With long life, he satisfies us and shows us his salvation. And Lord, I thank you for that shed blood of Jesus that remits and covers and atones for our sins. Thank you that you cleansed us by your blood. You washed us, you've renewed us, you've cleansed us. Lord, according to the book of Revelation, hallelujah, chapter one, he has made us to be a kingdom priest to his God and Father, to him be the glory and dominion forever and ever, amen. From Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and released us from our sins by his blood, by his blood. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Now this mysterious and yet profound element, what you provided that represents your blood and your body, we receive all that provision as it's ingested into our systems. Your renewal, strengthening, supernatural blessing. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Now Lord, prepare us and arrange our attitudes, our thinking with our neighbors, with our coworkers, with our colleagues, with our the contacts of those around us, all these silly masks where we can only see each other's eyes, everybody stepping away from each other, clerks telling us, barking at us how to behave and things like that. And help us to walk in love. Help us not to be irritable. Help us to be in our moment and be led by the Holy Spirit. Help us to be sensitive to our times. Help us to know how to navigate Help us to know, train us. You're training us for spiritual battle, for war. We know how to fight the good fight of faith, don't we? We know how to not stagger at the promises of God, but hold to the promises and press on, don't we? And you may feel like this is the most inopportune time, but it's actually not. It's perfect timing. He makes everything perfect in its time. Ecclesiastes 3.11. It's a time to speak, a time to be silent. So Lord, show us, lead us, help us. Lord Jesus, you're the head of the church and you know all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. We submit to you as your children and with childlike faith, Lord, we yield up to you. Let's just lift our hands like this. How many of you have been delivered from things? You've been helped by God. You're here because you wanna be Nobody made you come. You don't have an accountability partner berating you to be in church. You, you continually devote yourself. It's because God's at work in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It's the Lord, he gets all the credit for it. We don't have a righteousness of our own. It's not a piety competition event. We're yielding to him. But these, the, after these things, John looked and behold, a door standing open in heaven and the first voice which I had heard said, like the sound of a trumpet speaking with me said, come up here and I will show you what must take place after these things. I feel led to exhort you as your pastor to get away and come ye apart to a desert place and stand on your guard post and station yourself on your rampart. Keep watch to see what he'll speak to you and how you might re reply when you're reproved. Then he said, then the Lord answered me, Habakkuk 2, 2, record the vision and inscribe it on tablets that the one who reads it may run. 
For the vision is yet for the appointed time. It hastens toward the goal and it will not fail. And the, the new, it, it says, though it tarries or though it delays, wait for it, for it will certainly come. It will not delay for long. God's a master of timing. As for the proud one, his soul is not right within him. We're seeing so much of that right now. But the righteous will live by his faith. The righteous will live by his faith or her faith. Though the fig trees should not blossom and there be no fruit on the vines, though the yield of the olives should fail and the fields produce no food, and though the flock should be cut off from the fold and there be no cattle in the stalls, yet I will exult in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He has made my feet like hind's feet. He makes me walk on my high places. For the choir director on the stringed instruments. So now let's let the bass and the acoustic and the lead guitar and the, and the, and the violin play and prophesy on their instruments. Just that, just in the rhythm of that song, just go ahead and begin to minister to the Lord with the stringed instruments. Let your heart have this tune before the Lord. Draw near to Him, and He'll draw near to you. Seek Him, go ahead and play that, play that. Lift up your hearts, lift up your voices. Father, I thank you for wisdom. Father, I thank you for details as we need it on an as need to know basis. Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things. We get on our guard post, we get in our prayer closet, we get in our feet, and we get up and we're alert. And we seek after you, we seek after you, we trust you. We trust you to heal our country, we trust you to save the youth. We trust you to stabilize our elderly, we trust you to fortify the middle, we trust you to visit churches and visit and move mightily, mightily to the sons of Jacob and daughters of Jacob. I pray that you will move mightily on the nations and cause them to come to the brightness of the shining of your people, Lord. I pray, Lord, to God, that even though the circumstances have been different than we've ever seen them, that God, in spite of it, will see the salvation of the Lord. God, we give you thanks, and God, we give you praise. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. God will make a way. God, cover the discouraged sheep. Cover the wayward sheep. Help them not to make bad decisions in this hour. Cause them to draw near to you, to cleave to you, to come into your presence, to come into the heartbeat of what you're saying. Don't let them be picked off. Don't let them be led astray. Deliver them, deliver them, deliver them. You would leave the 99 to go get the one stray sheep. And I ask for a retrieval. I ask for protection. I pray for coverage over your people. Coverage over your people. This is the 11th hour and the 59th minute for breakthrough. And that they won't give up. They won't throw in the towel. They won't cave in. They won't shrink back. They won't throw away their confidence. They won't be deceived. See to it that no one deceives you. Hallelujah. Everybody say, God will make a way. I'm finished. <laughs>